Hey guys, welcome back to Mommyhood Redeemed. Hey guys, we're so excited to be back. And you know, these past few weeks have really felt for, I think all of us, kind of like a little lifetime. The constant (laughs) changes, all the restrictions that have been placed, um, just the news that is never ending. The what ifs, I think have really changed our everyday reality into something that you'd see in a movie. Not what you'd really think that you'd be expecting in your everyday real life, especially here in America. But here we are, exactly where the Lord would have us in his providence and exactly where he wants us to be. Um, Just waiting and trusting, hoping and growing. And if I'm honest, it really has been a hard couple weeks, I think, for both of us. Mm -hmm. We've realized how many little things that we have had that have been stripped away that secretly I think we just idolized in our heart things that brought us some sort of control or joy or happiness that when taken away have left us I think feeling frustrated or bitter or upset and yet um, both Lauren and I have just talked about how the Lord and his kindness has really just drawn our hearts closer to him through this and just really impressed upon us the need to have a perspective shift through his word And through um, just what the Spirit's doing in our hearts. And um, we've both been brought time and time again to the story of Paul in Scripture. And although in many ways it is obviously very different than what we're walking through and much, much more severe, uh, I think that what the Lord has taught both of us through this would be just um, an encouragement to you guys as well. And we'll hopefully help in making the most of this quarantine life um, we've been asked to walk in. Yes. And Paul is a man to be emulated and his life to be imitated. He's the epitome of Christ-likeness in so many ways. Although not perfect like his savior, the evidence of fruit in his life is so apparent throughout his entire life and ministry, despite the circumstances he faced. And I don't think there's any other figure in all of scripture that I'd want to emulate more than Paul. And he was once a persecutor of believers and yet by the grace of God turned believer on the Damascus road in a moment, his heart of stone was made flesh and he became one of the most pivotal leaders, founders and influences influencers on the early of the early church. And one of the biggest tools the Lord used to record his holy truth in the word. Just knowing where he came from gives us a grasp of how amazing the saving work of the Lord is, that nobody is too far from grace and nobody too far gone to be changed. This is such a precious picture of how the gospel transforms lives. Nobody is too far from the grace of God. Listen to what he says about his sufferings in 2 Corinthians 11, 23 through 29. I have served Christ with fear, with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, 
in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Oh my goodness, you guys. So what can we learn from this man of faith, a man who encountered suffering for the gospel in ways we will never comprehend? It's crazy just listening to that and imagining. Mm -hmm. Um, I think first we can admire and really aspire to have Paul's view of God's sovereignty. John Piper said it well. He said, when we say God is sovereign, we mean that he is powerful and authoritative to the extent of being able to override all other powers and authorities. And if we really stop and think about that for a minute, that means God is sovereign over all powers and authorities. That means that nothing comes to pass in our lives, in our state, in our country, in our world that is outside of his hand or his plan or his control. And Paul recognized that. He recognized that God was sovereign over everything from the provision of the sparrow to the salvation of somebody's soul. And he would weep for those who were unsaved. But at the same time in Romans, he talks Mm -hmm. about how he trusted God's powerful wisdom in the salvation of those in whom he preached to. He knew it wasn't up to him to save those people. It was God's job. And we can learn a lot from this. I think if we start at the top, at the thing that's the most important, our salvation, we can rest assured that if he has the power to take care of obviously saving us, then he has the power to take care of our little daily needs, to handle any sickness that might come our way, to sustain us with moment by moment grace to get through each and every day. And God is sovereign over everything, over every small mundane moment of your day to every big thing that is going on in the world around us, like this coronavirus. And just letting the sovereignty of God resonate within our soul, I think, is something really powerful and something to meditate on. Nature is not sovereign. Satan is not sovereign. Sinful man is not sovereign. No, God rules them all. And there are countless scripture passages that talk about that. Um, Luke 8.25, Job 1.12. Job 2, 6, Acts 4, 27 to 28. And we can say with Job, as he said in Job 42, 2, I know that you, God, can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. And Paul also, he had a right view of suffering and trials. And, you know, it's my prayer that God would give us that gospel perspective and that ability and hope to run the race that the Lord has called us to run, no matter what bitter trials we may be called to endure. Mm-hmm. Um, if we just think about what Warren read in Acts um, about Paul in Corinthians, about Paul's imprisonment, just for a second, and think about then what he said in Acts. He said, I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Obviously, his goal and aim in life was to finish the race that the Lord had planned for him and to run it well. And it didn't matter if that included suffering or pain or persecution, which it did. And he knew persecution well before it happened to him because he himself had been a persecutor before Mm -hmm. his radical transformation. And I think he probably had a, you know, a tender mercy for those who persecuted him for his faith, knowing it was only God who could change their hearts. 
And then he says in Second Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. And in Romans 15, 20, he says, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. For Paul, it's obvious that for him, as he said in Philippians, to live was Christ and to die was gain. And that is, should be our heart as well. So I think more practically looking, okay, what did he do when he was imprisoned? We're obviously not imprisoned like he was, but we mm-hmm. are in a, in a very unique, maybe once in a lifetime, probably once in a lifetime mm-hmm. situation where, you know, we are in our homes and we're shut up and we're in a very special position. And so we have to be creative in how God can use us or in, you know, what he wants to do with us. And so I think when we're shut away from the world, we can kind of relate to what he went through and learn from what he did. And the first thing we saw um, that Paul did was he continued to pray on behalf of other Christians. And that's something we need to be doing. We need to pray for the church right now. We need to pray that God would strengthen his church, that he would encourage his church, that he, you know, would um, just be in the midst of his people that are being dispersed right now. We're all in our homes. We're not together, even though we're, you know, meeting virtually or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to pray for one another and commit to doing that. And then we also need to, like Paul, encourage and exhort one another. Um, And I think just practically speaking, whether that means, you know, setting up a FaceTime call with a, a sister in the Lord to encourage or sending scripture over text messaging or email or, using your social media platform to encourage people with the word of God and with truth um, to come alongside people, to ask them still, you know, you're not seeing them in person, but still ask people like, how can I pray for you? What are you struggling with? Is there something that, um, you know, I can do to come alongside you? And also I think meeting other believers um, needs is important too. You know, maybe there's somebody you could, send a to-go meal to or um, a gift card to get a meal out or whatever it might be. And then Paul also, this is the hard one, I think, he continued to rejoice and just experience contentment Mm -hmm. and imprisonment. And we need to do the same. We need to, again, find our joy in who we are in Christ and in what he has done for us and in eternity and what's to come. And therefore rest and be content in the situation he has us in because there is purpose in it and it's good Mm -hmm. for us. Um, And then Paul also continued to maintain relationships with other believers. He was writing to them. um, And so we can do the same. And that's kind of, we talked about that um, before, but whether that's a text or a phone call or a zoom meeting or whatever um, it might be just to keep those relationships up with other believers. And then of course, his purpose and his aim in life was to share the gospel. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to take every opportunity right now. People are searching. I think people are hopeless. People are scared. And this is such a great time to really just share the hope that we have in Christ. People should be able to look at our response to this and see something different. And that should open up doors for us to share Christ with them. Um, You know, I think that this world is empty because they don't know the Lord. And this is a tender mercy of God in allowing something like this to happen so that people's eyes can be opened. And we may be just like Paul said, the very tools that God uses to draw people to himself so that he can save them. And 
we um, we read a blog by a pastor from an old, my old church. Um, his name is Dan Knott, and he said it so well. He said, a generation that is fidgety after a couple weeks of social restriction can learn a lesson or two from the two-year imprisonment of the Apostle Paul. Do not underestimate what God can do in and through a season of confinement. Later in life, Paul would endure a more severe imprisonment in Rome and write, I am bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Second Timothy 2.9. Perhaps this period of restriction for us will be the season the church will do some of its very best work. Perhaps what the world calls a lockdown will be seen as a blessed providence. Oh, I love that. What an encouragement in these times. Um, and lastly, Paul also had the ability to recognize his human finiteness and weakness and fight through that and encourage others in their pursuit of Christ. This is such a sweet comfort to my soul. Paul is authentic and real. Look what he says in Romans 7. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, my flesh. I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to the God, to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Just like Paul, we often wonder why some days are harder than others at fighting the flesh. Why we give into temptation and don't always experience that victory we are promised in Christ. But the truth is, that even the most spiritual person in our minds, like the Apostle Paul, is still encased in a body of flesh and therefore is still going to have moments of weakness. In this, we are reminded of our dependence upon and our need for Jesus. If we were always able to be perfect in our pursuit of holiness, there would be no need for the cross. So what are tangible ways like Paul, we can acknowledge our humanity and yet strive to have victory in Christ. Galatians 5 is full of the put off and put on passage. Look there. What fruits of the spirit can you strive to put on this week that you are struggling in displaying? Maybe it's patience or gentleness or self-control. Another practical way we can choose to say no to our flesh and yes to obedience is to fill our minds with scripture and to meditate upon those day and night, like the psalmist. And one really fun thing that we've done um, just in our family is we're watching a daily um, daily launch that our church is doing, um, the book of James. And I can tell you, it's been such a joy. We have been spending more time as a family together in the scripture than we ever have. And it has been such a beautiful gift for our family. And so I can see that's one of the biggest things that has come out of this, that we hope and pray the Lord would help us to continue once all of this goes away. But, and then of course, prayer, be specific, tell the Lord where you are struggling. Yes. He knows you are weak, but he promises that in your weakness is where he does the most work, where he will be found strong. Lean near to him today, dear sister, and find the rest that he is working in big ways and small ways in your heart to make you more like him. Mm, So true. You know, confinement has a purpose. It did for Paul and it does for us. 
Christ-likeness being the core of it and setting us up for eternity in the long run. I know for me and Lauren, I think would agree, I really have never longed for heaven more than I have in the last (laughs) Mm -hmm. couple weeks. Uh, I think just the reality of this curse of sin and this fallen world is so evident right now in everything around us. And it's so true that he is just stripping away much like we peel an onion layers of our flesh and just revealing to us things we may not want to see and in turn bringing to light (laughs) sin that I think we need to really deal with Mm -hmm. during this time. But, you know, the beauty in that is that you can have assurance that he is working on you and that one day his work will be complete. And what a day that's really just an amazing reality it will be when we get to see him face to face. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Oh, agreed. I, I'm ready. Um, we wanted to end with a quote by John Piper from his book, Coronavirus in Christ, which we highly recommend you download and listen to. It is free and wonderful. Um, therefore, God not only comprehends the coronavirus, he has purposes for it. God does nothing and permits nothing without wise purposes. Nothing just happens. Everything flows from the eternal counsels of God. All of it is wisdom. All of it is purposeful. For those who trust Jesus Christ, all of it is kindness. For others, it is a merciful wake-up call. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Mm. I echo that that book is well worth your listening. Mm -hmm. It's just a couple hours for the whole book. And I think it would be such an encouragement to everybody. So thanks so much for listening today. We really look forward to continuing on this journey with you all as we seek to redeem mommyhood every day for God's glory through the power of the gospel.